Okay, we're going to get into God's Word. Hugh's going to come in a moment. I'm just going to read a scripture before he comes from Matthew 13 and verse 44 to 46. And it says these words, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and he bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. Let's welcome Hugh as he comes to share with us this morning. Morning, everybody. Um, Could we put the slide up? Um, Can I just ask you a question? Is uh, and you don't have to reply because you might not wonder how you might wonder how I ought to reply in a church. A question like this, but has anybody dreamt of winning the lottery? Nobody dare say. Well, anyway, um, or anybody dreamt of maybe in your loft finding a forgotten Rembrandt? And you make hundreds of thousands or even millions. Anybody imagined what it would be like for an air hunter to come knocking on your door. Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, your long-lost, twice-removed relative who lives in Tasmania, they've left their estate to you. Anybody imagine that? Well, let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Sorry, I would like him to be a friend of mine. But Terry, on the next slide, hopefully. That's Terry Herbert, but he's no Herbert. Because nearly 10 years ago to the day, going with his metal detector, he discovered the largest Anglo-Saxon priceless hoard of treasure found by someone like him in our nation. And uh, some 244 priceless pieces of intricate gold work were discovered. Uh, And the next slide, you can see him just musing over one or two bits. Total value for him and the farmer whose land it was that he discovered it on 3.2 million pounds. Hey, not bad, eh? For a day uh, out prospecting. Perhaps, maybe, just possibly, most of us, in one way or another, in our life, have at sometimes dreamt about something happening to you or me like that. Why is that? I guess probably because most of us have something in our lives that we'd just like to improve, even if it's just a bit, or get better in, something to make better in our lives. Would you agree, or is it just me? Even if it's just a bit bigger TV screen, or or just a bit better car, or or just to be able to go on a better holiday, whatever it is, probably most of us, if not now, At some point in our life, we're dreaming of perhaps some kind of improvement. Do you know what the really, really irritating thing is? It only happens to a minute group of people, this sort of thing. Do you agree? So I've got a question, and that is, is there anywhere, you or me, ordinary people, I'm just ordinary, because I've not been with Terry when he discovered that, and I've got nothing in my loft of any value. And do you know what? It would be a total miracle if I won the lottery. Because I don't do it. It would be even a bigger miracle if somebody won it and then they gave it to me. But is there anywhere I can find something of enduring value of, that could bring for me 
lasting contentment, contentment and for you, peace of mind and the happiness that those sort of things bring. Is there? Well, it seems a guy called James Hilton in 1933 when he wrote a book called Lost Horizon had that in mind because he paints a picture of a, a land uh, in the Himalayan mountains, a valley of peace, a valley of everlasting life and contentment um, and uh, protected from things that spoil it like war and violence and disease. But do you know what the really irritating thing about that is? It's fiction. It's made up. And people who went there, there was a film made uh, in 1973 and before that, people went there, never, want to never wanted to leave. Oh, this is wonderful. I don't want to leave this. But anyway, it's fiction. Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, and it's written in the four Gospels, spoke about a place called the kingdom of heaven. Not a Hollywood film, but a reality that ordinary people like you and me can enter into if we want to. It's accessible for anyone who wants to come. It's a place that lasts forever. And when you find it, it's more valuable than anything else. You don't want to give this up for anything. It's like hidden treasure. Excuse me. Spitting on my uh, microphone here. Uh, it's like finding a pearl of great price. In fact, it's worth selling everything to get it. And you don't want to leave it if you find it. And do you know what? You may have popped in here today. You might have just been walking down there. Oh, I wonder what's happening in there. I'll pop in and have a look and see what's going on. Or you might be with a friend who's been baptized. But I bet perhaps you may have thought, do you know what? Nice place, but can't really think of anything of value that I could get out of this myself. Do you know what? That's what I thought. That was what I thought. Before 1978, that was the time of my discovering of treasure. In 1974 then, I used to go to church and I thought, this is old-fashioned, boring, irrelevant. And then something happened that turned my life upside down. I used to be in the Air Force. And uh, I was on a, a training program to be a, a kind of technician engineer in the, in the Royal Air Force on a three-year course. And one evening after training that day, my, uh, some of my mates were at the bottom. And I just happened to overhear a friend of mine called Steve, say to these guys, and I just overheard it, said, did you know you could know God personally in your own life? And uh, I was into all sorts of things. I was into sub-aqua diving. I was just having a great I was, uh, expeditions and all sorts. I wanted to see the world and travel the world. And I thought, wow, I never knew that. I never thought that's a possibility, that you could know God personally in your own life. So I started asking questions. Steve said, well, look, why don't you come with me uh, one Thursday evening to this group that we have in Albrighton near RAF Cosford? And we do a little Bible study and decide, just come along, see what you think. So I said, all right, yeah, I'll come. Anyway, I went. And uh, I really thought the people in there had lost the plot. I could not relate to it. They're the slightly, you know what I mean? Sort of slightly missing a biscuit or two up here. And... Um, they, they, they sat around in a circle and, and they, they prayed to something. You know, they said prayers. There's nobody else there. And they read the Bible. And anyway, I just came away from there. I thought, thank you. <laughs> Very nice. I'm not coming back. Anyway, Steve said to me, he said, 
Hugh, are you going to come back again next week? So to get him off my back, I said, yeah, all right. Uh, I thought, I've got all week to tell him I'm not coming. Guess what? I forgot. <laughs> Came to that Thursday, and Steve said, hey, Hugh, are you all right for tonight then? Oh, I forgot. Oh. No, I'm sorry, Steve. There's a good Arnold Schwarzenegger film at the Flicks. I'm watching that. Um, and he was crestfallen. And, you know, I could see you. I had promised. I had said I would. Anyway, a few hours later at a break, I went, all right, all right, I'll come, to, I'll come with you tonight, Steve. But then, to be honest, Steve, I'm not coming anymore. <laughs> I thought, I'll get it out there and then. Uh, and uh, so I went that night. And it couldn't have been a different, more different experience for me. I went in that room that night. And there was somebody, there was something in that room. And so when they were praying to nothing, it's like, well, they must be praying to this thing that I sense is here. I didn't know what it was, but do you know what? I instinctively felt it was good. And if it was good, why shouldn't I have this if I can get it? I didn't know what it was. Anyway, so from then on, instead of Steve chasing me, I was chasing Steve. And the guy who led that group, a guy called Alan, who was an instructor on my base. So I went to him and I said, look, Alan, you've got something here. And I don't understand what it is. But I want to find out about this. Uh, and it, and I said, but I've got a problem. It's about God, this, isn't it? Well, I don't believe in God. And he said, right, yeah, okay, that is a bit of a problem, yeah, because this is about knowing God, you know. Uh, so he says, look, tell you what to do. You go away and pray and ask God to show himself to you, and I'll pray that he'll show himself to you. So I said, yeah, deal, good. So I went away. Uh, days passed, probably a week, two weeks, don't know. And, uh, and I meant this. I said, just want this to know about this if it's true I want it so um, and odd thing was I was looking out of my window my billet block and there's a tree there it sounds might sound funny this and uh, I looked at that tree and I was gripped with a sass saw something I've not seen before can you put this next slide up this slide what do you see in this slide two faces and a vase did you see the faces first and then you see the vase, yeah? Put the next picture up, please. What do you see there? A what? One face? Can you see the old lady as well? There's an old lady, a young lady. Can you see it? Hey, this is what it was like for me. November 1978. I said, God, reveal yourself to me. And I saw something I'd not seen before. I saw there was a God who made these things or set them into action. A tree in nature was not a cosmic accident. There was somebody behind it. And from that moment on, I believed in God. But I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't like Gemma. I wasn't like Gemma's daughter. Sorry, I've forgotten Gemma's name. Uh, yeah, Gemma's daughter's name. And Chris, I wasn't like them. But I believed in God. So I went back to Alan and said, Alan, well, what do I do now? God's not in my life. What do I do? He said, well, Jesus died on the cross for you 2,000 years ago so that you could be forgiven your sins and enter into a new life, a new realm with God in your life. And uh, I said, right, okay. So I thought about that over that weekend. It was the uh, uh, second, first, second and third of November 1978. I thought about that. I thought, what will my parents think of me becoming a Christian? What will my mates in the block and in the Air Force think of me becoming a religious nut? 
what will they think? And there was a darkness, and I thought, you know what, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. If I'm, only, if I'm going to find this, this pearl of great price, this treasure, I've got to do this. I want to do this. And so that night, it was in the evening, 3rd of November, 1978, I got down on my bed. I was in a one-man bunk room. I had the privilege of getting a one-man bunk room by this point. And I got down by my bed and said, Lord, God, I believe you. I know you're there. And Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God and you've died for me on the cross. I ask you now to come into my life and make me like Steve, make me like Alan, these other nutters, you know, the other people that seem to have a relationship with you. Make this real for me. And I really thought something dramatic would happen. I mean, I thought there'd be an earthquake or I'd see an angel out the window instead of that tree and the angel's, hello, Hugh, you know, but nothing like that at all. And in fact, for the next few days... I felt deflated and I thought, nothing's happened. God hasn't come into me. What's going on? And uh, then I went back to that group on the Thursday feeling discouraged and down. I said, look, nothing's happened. (laughs) What is this? And uh, anyway, Alan took me to one side and and he showed me a passage from the Bible, John 5, 24. And he said this, he said, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me, he's talking about me, you have eternal life. And you will not be judged. You've already crossed from death to life. And he said, Hugh, that's you. It's not about feelings as such. That encouraged me. Anyway, I don't know what happened then. I went home. I don't know if it's one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Don't know. But the next morning, there was somebody with me. God came into my life. And my life was turned upside down. (laughs) I mean, nothing changed. I was still in the Air Force, still had two arms, two legs. But everything changed. If you notice the stories that Chris and particularly Chris and Gemma have said, is it not the same similar story to what I'm talking to you? Do you know why that is? Because the same Holy Spirit, the same God, irrespective of time, that works this in your life when you ask him to. And uh, I would describe it as... uh, sense of acceptance and love that filled my heart God was with me he was with me I could talk to him and it made sense and then there was a passage next slide passage says this and I read this in the Bible became meaningful it was a dry and dusty book before and it started to speak to me and make sense it said though this is me but this was Saint Peter Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled. And this was true of me. An inexpressible and glorious joy. That's how I felt. I said, this is fantastic. This experience, this presence of God. Steve was right. You can know God personally in your own life. Glorious and inexpressible joy for your receiving the result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. And it just, the presence of God with me. And listen, I'm not talking about something, oh, I had, I had, because I was into this and that and the other, and I'd stop it after a bit. I remember one of my mates in the Air Force saying, yeah, you'll have jacked it in. Give yourself a few months, you'll be on something else. Next thing, 40 years on, same story, presence of God here. Do you know what? Shoot me in the head, I know where I'm going.
So I've got, I've got three or four appeals. First appeal to you today is, are you like I was after God kindly showed me that he existed? But he's not coming. Are you like Gemma when she really believed in her heart that God existed, but she'd not been saved? She'd not got the presence of God. See, we think Christianity is a religion. A better way of putting Christianity, it's, it's different to a religion. It's a relationship. The word Christian, Christian means Christ in. Sounds like that. Christian, Christ in. And Christ came into me, he's still in. Was it your daughter who said, you said, where are you? You just got baptized. Oh, there you are. And what's your name again? Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so rubbish with names. But, you know, you were saying someone had Jesus in them and you thought you could see it. That's the thing. You won't see Jesus just looking at me now. You can't see him. He's invisible. It's the Spirit of God. But he's there. And uh, God's not come into your life. You could have been going to church all your life. But you've not got a relationship with the living God yet. you like I was in that interim period. I asked him in, nothing happened. Is that you? I want to pray for you if that's you. Second, second category of person, you may be here today and you may have been looking into this already and you may now have faith in your heart to say, I want to become a Christian. I want this that Gemma's got, that Nala's got. I want this that Chris has got. I want this this pearl of great price, this treasure. I'm not going out of here without it. If that's you, I want to pray for you. And the third appeal is we run Alpha in this church, as often has been said. And Alpha is like what I did. I didn't have Alpha at the time, but I, I wanted to find out. And I wanted to know. And you've got to want it. You've got to want to know the truth. There's lots of lies out there. You've got to want to know the truth. If you want to know the truth, then prove it. Join our Alpha course. It's halfway through, but you can join it now. And there's another one starting in September, if that's too soon for you. If you want to know, I want, I'll put it out there for you, because it's not for the lucky. It's not for people who find a Rembrandt hiding about in the loft. It's for the ordinary person like you and me. And there's a treasure trove there if you preferred, prepared to look. And so I'm just going to pray for that. And so, um, so I'd like to pray for those three things. And to help me do that, would you mind standing? If you're able to. And I'll just pray for you. So if you're that first category of person who... First category of person... Um, what was the first category of person? That's it. You've invited, uh, or you believe in God. You could have been going to church all your life. You've got a certain amount of religiosity about you. But it's not happened. God's not come in. You need that. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. Right? So I would pray for you for that. And, and what I'd like you to do, I'd like you to respond in some way. I'd like you to move your hand or just put your hand out in front of you or just 
itch your eye or something that God will see that indicates you're saying to God, I want this. So if you want God to come into your life now, then respond this morning. So Heavenly Father, I just pray for anyone here this morning who's been religious, but God, you've not come into their life. I pray as they reach out to you now, you will come in. In Jesus' name, amen. The second category of person, you're, what's the second category of person? Thank you. you <laughs> you're ready. You've, you're content, you believe in God, but you don't know him. And you want to know God and you want to find this. Again, make a move. Shift your leg. God will see it. That's what I want to do. So, Father, I pray for this person, these persons here today who are saying, I want this treasure. I want to become a Christian. I believe you're alive and I believe Jesus died for me on the cross for my sins. Now, come into my life. And give me what Hugh's got. Give me what Gemma's got. Give me what Nala's got. Give me what Chris has got. In Jesus' name, amen. And then um, one last category. Ah, I've remembered this. <laughs> I should have written them down. Uh, one last category. Well, what about you? What about you? And what about looking into this? Do you know one of the really frustrating things about my elder two brothers and sisters is they, they don't believe me and then don't take seriously what I say to them about this. They dismiss it and they can't be bothered to look into it. Will you join an alpha? Either this church or somewhere else, doesn't matter. Will you join an alpha and start looking? You won't be disappointed. So Lord, I just pray for other people here today and I just pray that Lord, if they are looking to improve their life. If they're looking for a pearl of great price, a treasure beyond worth, then Lord, I pray they will be able to find some way, find an alpha, some way of finding you. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.